Welcome back to the Cruise Elite Podcast. In this episode, I talk with my friend, Alyssa, who's one of our Strength and Mobility Dojo members. Alyssa is also a coach who helps people improve their health and the quality of their life despite managing an autoimmune disease. Alyssa discusses her journey with MS and how she's learned over the years to better understand the cues that her body is sharing with her so that she can make better decisions about her health and her fitness. The goal for this episode is to inspire people who are managing any kind of chronic health condition to find a way to make fitness work for them so that they can have a better quality of life than they expected. I hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Alyssa, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And yeah, thank you for having me and inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here for a number of reasons. And one of the main reasons is because you're a coach, but you are also one of our members in the Strength and Mobility Dojo. Yep. And so I thought it'd be really great to get your insight on your fitness lifestyle, but I want to talk about your management of MS. Yes. And I know that as a coach, you actually work with clients who are managing MS. Yep. And I thought it would be awesome to chat with you because when it comes to fitness, I think that people forget how important it is to be able to navigate it in a way that's best for them, mm. whether you have a chronic health condition or not. Yep. But I thought you'd be a perfect person <clears throat> to talk to about this. But let's, um, before we get into all that, let's kind of cut to the chase here. So um, Alyssa and I went to the same high school. So that's, yes. <laughs> that is a really, a really funny thing um, about the two of us, but we didn't really know each other back then, but what graduating yep. class were you? Um, I was 03, so I'm pretty sure I was a freshman when you were a senior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I thought about that and I was like, uh-oh, because back then <laughs> I was a little bit different, um, had a group of friends that were, we were all a little rough around the edges, so <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully you just didn't know me. <laughs> I knew of you, but I didn't know you, which is <laughs> par for the course, especially yeah. with Scott being my husband and being in that group as well. So it, I kind of knew of them, but never knew you personally. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, Scott, I, I actually knew um, relatively well. So that's uh, that's so funny. So we, yeah. we didn't really know each other in high school, but um, just to give our listeners a little background, Alyssa and I crossed paths much later on in life, um, but I'm trying to think back. This maybe was like seven or eight years ago now. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was a while we, ago. <laughs> yeah. When when my wife, Alicia, and I had a uh, a studio, like an in-person mm -hmm. studio in Massachusetts where we did all of our one-on-one -on -one work. And I'm trying to recall. So you came in and we worked together. How did you even find me at that point? Uh... That's a good question. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I was actually trying to think back on this yesterday as well um, yeah. to prepare for this. And I actually don't really know. Yeah. Um, I think I maybe like in the neuro education space, like we just yeah. kind of was like, oh, he does this too. And I'm, cur I'm curious about this. So there was some kind of crossover back then, obviously neuro centered stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and I remember you came in and you had a pain issue and we were trying to problem solve the pain issue. And I think that was like one of your first experiences with some of the neuro work. Yep. And I, rem I remember you being like, what is this? This is crazy. <laughs> but you were super open-minded 
and it was a fun experience and we did some wacky you know neuro drills and and played yep. with the you know the pain and that was that was uh really interesting yep. um and, and since then Alyssa and I have got together a couple times for for <clears> different <throat> reasons uh problem solving different issues and um but as I mentioned she's one of our members and so she's engaged in our strength and mobility dojo and she's an avid fitness enthusiast and um actually you are somebody that I am really impressed with because having known you now for a little bit and having had some having had you exp, you know explain to me about your experience with MS and the ups and downs of that I've always been really impressed with how you've been able to navigate fitness and really win and kick butt mm. which is awesome so when you sent me that video not long ago of you ripping those deadlifts <laughs> I posted that up in our community page and I was like, hey, guys, you got to you got to check this person out. She has been kicking butt, doesn't take no for an answer. I'm <laughs> sure in your in your journey with MS, you've had a lot of, you know, folks on the medical side kind of set the bar low for you, if you know what I mean. Yep. And I've watched you over the years just not accept that. Mm. And and that's one of the reasons why I want to talk to you today, because I just think it's a great message and it's very inspiring. So that's our that's our history, you know, in terms of how we know each other. Um, can you tell us, Alyssa, about you as a coach? What do you do? Who do you work with? Yeah. Um, so I actually wear a lot of different hats um, in my business. Um, so I primarily work with people with autoimmune disease, um, mostly MS, uh, to work with them in terms of uh, just not necessarily overhauling their lifestyle. Cause like, that's not how we do things uh, in my world. Um, mm -hmm. but to slowly make changes that will improve their health over, over time. Um, so that's probably includes some diet changes, movement changes, a lot of stress management techniques. Cause I'm also a licensed therapist and work with people, um, in that way, like on, on anxiety, depression, their nervous system. Um, so it's a lot of just kind of tailoring it for the individual on what they need and just walking them through and being that kind of coach, support therapist, cheerleader, kind of healing BFF and, and just this motivator that um, just helps them in the day to day and, and these kind of big changes that are also really small, which can obviously small changes lead to big things. But that's that's kind of what I do in my business world. <laughs> that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with MS? Like, when did you find out about that? What is it like? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed um, in 2009, actually. So I've had this for a little over 14 years. Um, I was in grad school at the time. I was working at Target. I was kind of doing all these things. And and one of the biggest things that I think was kind of my, my straw that broke the camel's back was um, a year before that, unfortunately, I entered into an abusive relationship. So incredibly high stress on top of all of my incredibly high stress and the other risk factors that I accumulated throughout my life. So I think that was just like, my body was like, oh, this is too much. <laughs> and this is usually how autoimmune disease and chronic illness starts is like, there's a major stressor. There's just too many risk factors in your body's like waves the white flag. And we're like, oh, we can't do anything else. And then right. autoimmune disease starts. And so mine was just MS. <laughs> um, so I noticed when I was working at Target that my vision was a little blurry. I had some weird spinal stuff because um, I thought that was related to uh, uh, back surgery I had actually the year before. So I was like, oh, I'll just make an appointment with my neurosurgeon and like whatever. Um, but I never really made it there because eventually I went to the eye doctor and he checked me out and he was like, um, you've got fine vision, but you should go get an MRI. And I was like, that's 
a little insane, but all right. Um, so I went and got an MRI. Um, well, he ordered it. And then he called a few days later. He's like, well, you don't have a brain tumor. Um, I was like, what? <laughs> but you should go see a neurologist right away. And I was like, all right, again, like that's a little dramatic, but whatever. Um, so I went to see a neurologist. He listened to all my stuff, saw the saw the other scans and was like, uh, you need a lot more. We need some more information here. So I got some blood tests, more more MRIs, a spinal tap, which was terrible. Um, and probably three or four months later, I was um, officially diagnosed with kind of clinically isolated syndrome, which is the first stage of MS. Like that means like MS has kind of entered the picture, entered the chat, um, but you've had one instance of it, you know? So I was kind of walking uh, for the first few years, I was technically in this like limbo land of like not totally MS, but MS is starting. And a few years later, there was another um, instance, another, I think lesion on my uh, brain or spinal cord. And then that just kind of propelled me into um, a total MS diagnosis. Um, so I just kind of count being diagnosed at, in 20, uh, 2009. Um, but at that time, obviously I was doing so many things and I didn't have the research or like the knowledge that I do now. So I was like, okay, um, give me some medication, I guess, and I will go on my way. So, um, I just started a medication and went back to my life, went back to grad school, went back to doing all the, like the work and everything. And, um, I was fine until I wasn't, um, I actually had to go off the medication because I was a runner. Um, doing half marathons and un inevitably, inevitably got some blisters, which then got infected in this whole, whole cascade. But you can't really heal like an infection, like an active infection while you're on an immunosuppressant, you know, so mm -hmm. I had to stop the MS medication, but I was stubborn or still am stubborn. And I just never went back on it. I was like, this is, this is for the birds. I hate injecting myself every day. I'm done with this. So right. I just didn't go on it for a bit, for a little while. And that really kicked off um, some relapses for me. So I had three relapses uh, with probably within a year and a half, which is pretty fast for MS. I was accumulating a lot of symptoms. I had trouble walking with balance. Um, I had a lot of vertigo. Um, I had a lot of sensory symptoms were like numbness, tingling, burning, like kind of all of it at the same time, a lot of pain, just kind of everywhere in my body. I would call them pain waves because it would just kind of float throughout my body. And it was just not very fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So my doctor, I was kind of in aggressive MS land. He was like, this is something like we have to, this is really aggressive. We have to do something different. You have to change medication. So I went on like the gold standard medication of the time, um, probably in, I think, 2014, 2015. Um, and I just, I still didn't feel better after that. I was like, I still have a lot of pain, still have a lot of exhaustion. Um, I like getting up off the couch to <laughs> think of like getting a cup of water, a cup of coffee was just like so monumental. I was like, I cannot do that. Um, and so a few years prior to that, I actually had, um, in totally separate, which is weird. I had a fitness coach back then who, um, suggested I go gluten-free just to see what happened. And I was like, oh, I feel better from this. So I started to research more and like I dove into paleo and then that brought me to autoimmune paleo or the autoimmune protocol, which is, um, I call it now paleo on steroids, but the idea <laughs> is just that it's a elimination diet for people with autoimmune disease and you eliminate a whole bunch of stuff, but then you reintroduce it to kind of make your own diet and the one that's most healthy for you and going to limit our or, uh, reduce inflammation and all that. Um, so I learned about it back then. Um, I was living at home. So <laughs> my mom was like, that's ridiculous. Like, let's not do that. And I was like, that, that's fine. That's fair. Um, but a few years later, I was like, I'm at my rock bottom. Like something needs to change. So I'm going to do it. 
and uh, January, I think, of 2016. I think the years are a little fuzzy to me. So it's either 2016 or 2015. Right. Um, I kind of went full elimination AIP. I say that in quotes because like that's kind of the, the jargon or whatever. Um, and within three or four months, like my symptoms were so much better. And really? I was, I was floored. I was like, that's ridiculous and amazing. Um, so I was, I was, a, I was a therapist at this time working in a residential program, which was incredibly stressful. Um, I was like something else, like this has to change. So I changed jobs. I changed my diet. Um, obviously not overnight because that's, right. that's a long, long process. Um, but within probably six to eight months, I felt drastically different. Uh, I had energy back a little bit. I had way less pain. I had way less sensory symptoms. So I was like, I have to tell people about this. So I like, I started my own blog as like a patient advocate and it really just kind of morphed into me helping a few people. And then I got a few more certifications. I got my nutrition certification. I became a personal trainer and and kind of rounded out my experience there or my sort of my knowledge and started helping my own clients. And it kind of just morphed into the business that I have today. That's awesome. And so you're, you're clearly educating based on changing lifestyle habits. Yep. Right. Cause that's such a huge part of it. Do you, uh, do you do any movement in your practice? Like, do you help people exercise and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's another big, uh, big pillar. Um, so I, I talk mostly about the kind of my big three pillars is like diet movement and stress management and mm -hmm. movement. Absolutely. I, I talk about how to exercise a little bit better or, or differently for their bodies. Um, I bring in a lot of the neuro education that we've had, like the Z health stuff, um, with people and just kind of basic joint mobility things and like some nerve glides, like just to kind of get over that initial like hump of like, I feel terrible in my body. How could right. I even think of moving right now? Right. So like we start really slowly with like some smaller movements that lead obviously into bigger things, but it just kind of changes like one, their experience of it. So they have a little bit of a success, but then two, like it changes the experience in their bodies of like, Oh, this stuff actually works. I feel better. <laughs> That's huge. That's like what I do with what I call the threat elimination phase. Yes. Right. You're reducing threat. You're trying to find healthy things that a person can do to essentially make their brain and nervous system feel safer. Mm -hmm. And then once you get to that point, it allows you an entry point into other things like fitness and other lifestyle changes you want to make. I love that. Yep. Tell us about your lifestyle of fitness. I know you're a fitness enthusiast. You are engaged in our strength dojo and our mobility dojo. What does your life of fitness look like? How are you, um, you know, how many times a week are you working out? And um, tell us about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I said this actually to, uh, to Scott earlier today that I find it funny that we're having this conversation now when I'm probably in the most pain that I've been in in the past like year and a half. But it's, I think, COVID related, like we've talked about this yeah. in the past few weeks. Um, but before all of this nonsense started, um, I've, I've just been doing like three times a week of strength training, trying to walk and do mobility other times. Um, I, I think I started I, I came to your program one, I think right when it started or like, yeah, right yeah. After you've been started. here since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I had done previously to that, probably in the years before that, um, I love CrossFit. So I'm a huge CrossFit enthusiast. I love the high intensity. I'm like always down to die in a workout. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that would, that I could do that maybe for like a few months. Um, I got into like Olympic weightlifting too. So that was really what I was doing probably the year before I started working um, with you in the strength dojo. Um, I could probably go on for like a two or three months being okay, but then something would happen. Like my back would start to go. Um, my sciatica would, would act up. Something would act up that would sideline me for a little while. I'd have to build back up and do it all over again. I was like, 
this is, this is silly. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think I had even asked you, um, like forever ago, like when you do your question boxes on Instagram about like a neural warm up. And I was like starting to get more into like, okay, well, let's marry these two for me. Cause like it was, I was kind of doing like kind of operating from like the do as I say, not as I do model necessarily. Right. Um, cause I was still pushing myself even like a few years ago and like, it was just not, not helpful. Um, so I joined the strength and mobility jo- dojo and I've, I've had to start over a few times just from my stubbornness and kind of pushing it too much. But uh, in the past year, I think I've been the most consistent and I've seen the most um, kind of strength and mobility and functional gains that I have like ever. Um, so I, it just from three times a week, not really, I'm not never sore, I'm not killing myself. It's not like I'm doing these kind of crazy intense things. And I think that's just a product of one kind of unlearning what society tells us about exercise, right? You have to be sweaty. You have to be pain. You have to be in pain. You have to be sore, all these kind of things, or it doesn't count, which is obviously so not true. Right. Um, but then obviously learning for myself that like, this is actually, actually really helping me and everything else I was doing was fun and, and giving me joy and stuff, but it was really working against my body. Right. That makes sense. And that's really what we're always trying to do is create a nice balanced training session for people. But even above that is like, we're always trying to educate. And I know that this will resonate with you as a coach. Um, We're always trying to educate people on how important it is to be able to make smart decisions with your training. When do you move forward and push it? When do you pull back and and you know, lower the intensity, or sometimes when is it appropriate to even skip a training session altogether, right? Mm. Because I feel like after all these years of coaching and being engaged in different forms of fitness, the pinnacle of a person's personal fitness is being able to make a smart decision about how you feel in the moment, Yep. right? There's so many good forms of exercise out there. There's so many different things that we can choose from but it all comes back to education and education is really what's missing from most of these different methodologies with fitness. Because guess what? No matter what kind of fitness enthusiast you are or whether or not you're a competitive athlete, you have to be able to navigate it in a way that's good for your body. Or if you don't listen to your body, you're just going to dig a hole that you can't fill. Yep. So tell me what it's like for you Okay, managing MS, I'm sure that some days are better than others. What does it feel like, look like when you're having an off day, whatever that mm-hmm. might be? Tell me what those like symptoms might be. And where does your thought process go in that moment? Because I'm sure you're like, well, should I c- continue my workout? Should mm-hmm. I change my schedule? You know, maybe this pain popped up. What do I do about that? How do you think about that? Because I think that you've done a really good job at navigating and that's why you've had good results in the last, in the last year. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously like MS can be so tricky because there's so many different symptoms. Right. Um, and often you're left kind of like you have something new pops up or new pain, new, new experience, new, whatever. And you're like, is this a cold? Is this, is this just normal? Is this MS? Like, so you have to kind of go through that, that, that thought tree almost of like, okay, where is this coming from? You know? Um, 
but I think kind of a bad day can my my mo primary symptoms probably at this point are cognitive actually um mm. i have a lot of issues word finding um i get a lot of brain fog sometimes um so if that's the case then i'll probably uh try to try to lessen my day a little bit if i can definitely try to stay off screens cuz i've noticed that that really is um can be a big trigger for me in terms of pain and eye stuff and everything right. um and i think i'll i just am gentle with myself and i think it's it's tough because, or like I've accumulated all these kind of, if this, then that kind of scenarios over the past few years, or like really 10 years, um, trying to manage all this stuff. And I found that kind of gentle walking or doing just some stretching mobility can be really helpful. Um, and yeah, it's really just kind of taking it day by day. And if there's like a massive pain issue or like something like drastic, then I'll obviously rope my neurologist in, but knock on wood that hasn't happened in a long time mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's really just kind of changing like little things throughout the day maybe i um, get a little bit tighter with my diet uh start like supplementing a little bit differently you know it's just kind of a lot of different a lot of different things that i can do do you ever just skip a workout because you're like yeah this probably isn't going to benefit me today yeah sometimes i do especially yeah. if there's a lot of pain um and yep. i just can't really move any, like if I can't really walk that well, then yeah, I'll, I'll skip the workout. Um, kind of using, using what you said a little while ago too, on Instagram, uh, in our conversation, I will start like a warm up. Um, and if that feels better then like, I'll maybe continue, like just kind of keeping an eye on everything. But if I feel crappy, then I'll stop. Um, I've actually right. stopped a few workouts, um, in the past few months, um, because of that, I'm just like, this is not, right. this is not going good. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that's reason. a that's a decent strategy. We talked about that. So if if a lot of times people want to know, you know, when when should I know to proceed with my workout? Like if, if mm. you're not feeling great, you know, you're at that kind of you're at that crossroads where you're like, is this going to benefit me or not? And, and what I always tell people to do is is start warming up, do your warm up. And once you start to move, the healthy response to movement is to get better. Like all your systems get on board, your nervous system is ready for more, and the healthy response is that you should feel ready for more. Mm. But if you got things going on, whether it's you know pain issues or you know maybe you're you're fighting something, you've got low immune function, or for whatever reason you have different symptoms from a chronic issue that you're managing, you know you have to be able to make a decision. I always tell people if you get worse after your warm up in terms of how you feel and how you're moving then you should ask some bigger questions. Mm. Maybe that's your moment where you switch and you start doing some self-care stuff. Personally, for me, that's when I would change to like breathing exercises, more mobility work, some of our nerve glides, all the self-care stuff that helps my body feel better. Mm. But there are times where I'm like, you know what? My energy is low. I haven't had good sleep or I've had, a, you know, my threat bucket is over overflowing from high levels of stress from work or whatever it is. Maybe it's not a good idea for me to continue this training session and I'll just pick up where I left off tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And those that's important to be able to do that. And it's important to be able to give yourself permission to do that. Yep. Because I know that yep. personally, like the first generation of my life as a fitness enthusiast, I would never give up. <laughs> Right. I, I was training on all the holidays. Mm. I was, you know, I, I never would miss workouts. And well, guess what? That In that point in my life, I had more chronic pain than I've ever had. 
And I was always digging a hole that I couldn't quite fill in and my body wasn't recovered enough. Yep. So, okay. So tell us, um, do you have a specific, a specific personal story that you could share about some MS related symptoms that came up and maybe some struggles that you hit along the way in relation to your, your fitness lifestyle and then what you had to do exactly to overcome? Uh, yeah. Um, I think the biggest example of that is probably when I was doing all the, like the running kind of doing any kind of movement I wanted, but then got slammed with three relapses and was like, I can't even think about walking Mm. (laughs) right now. Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't know if, if I'd be able to do like kind of consistent walking in the future, running exercise, like even exercising that was like out of the question at the moment, you know, cause I was like, I can't even think about walking 10 steps <laughs> right now. Um, so I think that was probably my biggest kind of comeback story before I even really knew how I was doing it. Cause I started right. really, I really started slow again. I started with body weight stuff and then moved to some kettlebells and really lightweight. So I really brought myself back out of that, like in a very, very slow and methodical way that I would sign off on now without really realizing it. Um, and I just slowly got myself back to a place where I could start walking again and start doing a little bit of movement again, and then just kind of listen to my body. And I think I probably dug myself in a few holes at that point. Cause I didn't have the full understanding of my body. And, um, I didn't have that, that really good skill yet of listening to my body and listening to it ag- against what I wanted to do. Yes. I think you were talking a little bit ago about like, that's like the pinnacle of strength is being able or like kind of health is being able to like, listen to your body and stuff, but, and then being able to follow it, but especially when it's going against what you actually really want to do, <laughs> you yes, know, like exactly. I really wanted to lift heavy. I wanted to do the deadlifts. I wanted to all, do all these things, but I was like, I, I don't think I can right now. Right. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's so it's so interesting. I, I've I've worked with a couple of clients over the years who manage MS. And actually, what's interesting for me to think about is how different those individuals were and how different their experience with MS actually was in terms of, you know, how they felt physically and how they moved. Mm. And in just in talking to them and getting some insight on them, one of them I worked with for a number of years, what always shocked me was how the the medical side of things really just tagged these people as well you're just going to degenerate yep and and you can't you can't do anything about this yep sorry sorry that kind of thing <laughs> and and it's um it's really uh really sad that that happens because a lot of folks buy into that yep and they really accept that diagnosis. You're somebody that I can really tell has not accepted. And I think that that is very inspiring. Um, I actually w- worked with somebody for a while in person and online. And it was, it was very frustrating because as you know, I have some really, really useful and cool tools on the neuro side of things. Mm. And we blend them together with, you know, more, traditional and unconventional, you know, ways of fitness. Hmm. And this woman would, you know, go to her neurologist and get, you know, that kind of battery of neuro exams done. Hmm. And after a year of working with me, 
She returned to her neurologist, got the same battery of uh, neuro exams done. And she was telling me, she goes, you wouldn't believe this. I went into my doctor's office. They did all the muscle testing that they usually do. I passed every single muscle test. She's like, I, she goes, previously, I failed every single one. And I couldn't even create resistance against the person. Mm. She goes, I'm up on the table and they're muscle testing me and I'm locking these tests. And she's like, and I can't believe it. And, and the person, the practitioner uh, administering the test is going, well, um, you must be doing something wrong. You must be, you must be doing something wrong to pass all these tests. And um, this woman's like, no, I, I just, I'm so much stronger. I've been, I've been working with this, with this guy and we're doing a lot of strength training and we're doing a lot of neuro training and I'm working on my balance and I'm doing all this stuff. And, and the, uh, the person was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Like in one year out the other and um, was very surprised that she was passing the muscle tests, but didn't want to accept it. They mm. did some gait testing her gait was better. They did some mm. balance testing. Her balance was better. Everything was better. And this woman was feeling fantastic about that experience. Mm. And they were just kind of sweeping it under the rug being like, well, um, you know, we're not really sure why, um, <laughs> you know, your tests would be different like this and, and potentially better. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm telling you for the <laughs> last year, <laughs> I've been doing consistent strength training, consistent neuro neuro training. And then of course she was like, she was trying to be like, you got to call this guy and talk to him. You know, she was like really like um, mm. trying to, and um, of course that didn't go anywhere, which is fine. But I, I always was really frustrated by that because I was like, what a wonderful opportunity for her doctor to, mm. to be like, congratulations, you are literally going above and beyond and yeah. you know you you're doing great and so anyway she ended up switching practitioners good and finding a different doctor and it was a better experience but i do have to say it wasn't that much different I'm and that's surprised. when i was like wow yeah um that that is really unfortunate and this person went from when we first started together the reason she found me was because she was having life-threatening falls hmm. and and so she found me because I do a lot of uh, very specific balance work with people working with their vestibular system. Yeah. And very early on, what I figured out for her was that she actually had a strange thing going on with the glasses that were given to her. She had something called monovision. Hmm. And basically monovision is when they put you in one lens that helps you see far and one in another lens that helps you see close up. Mm. And, and so for some folks, it causes quite a big sensory mismatch, if you will. Yeah, I can imagine and, that. <laughs> yeah, and your brain gets confused about the visual information. Right. And when your highest order sense, like vision, gets confused like that, it's not a good thing because your visual system is basically speaking to your whole body, right? Yep. All of your muscles. And because of that sensory mismatch, she was having very um, strange balance issues and couldn't figure out why. And of course, these falls that were very, very dangerous falls. So, mm. you know, what did we do? We, we took her out of the monovision. So I, I educated her on this. She was able to go and, and look all this stuff up and get a little bit more information, um, talk to her doctor and stuff. She switched out of monovision and her falling 
um, was like, I mean, she really wasn't falling. There was like a couple of episodes um, thereafter where she was like, you know, I did lose my balance and I did have this weird one, but I saved myself. I recovered my balance in a way that I never have before. Mm. And I thought that was really cool. So yeah, that was one of my, my first experiences um, with someone that training someone that has MS. And um, after that, what we did is we trained her visual system and her vestibular system a lot because she actually mm. had um, deficits in her vision. Yeah. And it was awesome because she went from a place where she was never able to run because her body didn't trust that. And mm. now she was able to run, not super long distances, but she was literally able to run. And she was able to jump and leave the ground. She's never been able to do that and land. Oh. And so she was just building a lot of great confidence um, mm. based on doing this training with her higher order senses, like her eyes and her inner ear. And of course we did proprioceptive work and strength training. So that was very, very, that was a very cool experience for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So what advice do you have for someone who is experiencing the ups and downs of managing a chronic condition, but they still want to work on their health and their fitness? Yeah. Um, so I think, I thought, did think about this yesterday and I have a couple bullet points to, to talk about, but I think one is rethink everything, you know, about exercise, mm. um, because society is just like the no pain, no gain. If, like I said earlier, if you're not sweating, if you're not dying, if you're not extremely sore, if you're not laying on the ground afterwards, it, it, it counts. It still counts Yes, <laughs> everyone thinks that like that doesn't, um, but kind of re unlearn everything you've, you've kind of accumulated to this point about exercise, um, and kind of switch that over to, to, this is a thing I talk about with my clients too, is kind of switching exercise, the idea of exercise to movement. Um, because I think, I think the, the idea of movement is so much more inclusive um, yes. than just exercise, you know, cause like if it's gardening exercise is playing with your kids exercise, you know, like maybe like some people, I would, I would say so, you know, but some people mm -hmm. would be like, no, that's not exercise, but right. it sure is movement, you know? So I think kind of switching that, that idea and like reframing that a little bit to, to just have more movement in your day and your week and your, in your life and not just ex straight exercise. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing would be find something that you like to do, because if you are like hating it and you're just doing it to do it and just doing it to, to do whatever, like, you know, like that's not going to be that, that helpful because you're probably going to stop in a few weeks, <laughs> you know, like right. if you're not enjoying it, you're, 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 and you're like kind of white knuckling through it just to do it. Right. Um, yeah, you might be successful for a few months and stuff, but probably not for the long term. Um, so I would say find something that is really, um, that really, you would really enjoy to do. And sometimes like, yes, if, if you don't like strength training and all that kind of stuff and you have MS, like, I'm sorry to say strength training is gonna be really helpful for you. I was <laughs> you know? going to, so I was going to ask you about that. How, <laughs> how important do you think strength training is for somebody that has MS? Very important. I think it's incredibly important. Um, I think so many of our symptoms, um, obviously there's a neurological component, there's myelin, there's degeneration and stuff, but I think a lot of it is, is compounded by weakness and not having muscles that can fire kind of properly or like work, move properly and engage properly and all these kind of things. So I think, I think it really is super important and kind of paramount to, to kind of pulling yourself out of this, um, like exhaustion, pain, like this physical symptom cycle. Um, 
So as I say, like, yes, find something that's like you really like to do. That's kind of like a basis. There are some things that I think are really important to be, um, to be adding like strength movements and strength training and neuro neuro stuff. Um, and I think also then just start really slowly, like kind of give yourself that permission to not just jump right in, to not just go from zero to 60 and be like, okay, I'm going to start this workout plan. I'm going to go start from the couch and go three times a week. And, and like, right. some people can do that. Like, sure. Some people can, can do that, but not very many. <laughs> so That's certainly true. start slowly. Um, cause you uh, certainly, if you haven't been doing stuff for a while, you have to get your body acclimated to it. You have to like, we were talking about like lower that threat and not increase that threat either with kind of just jumping right into it. Cause that can certainly happen. Your body can be like, Whoa, what is all of this stuff? We don't know what we're doing. And, and, pain happens, um, or like some kind of symptom happens, you know, it may not be a true relapse, um, like a true kind of degeneration event, but there's going to be some symptom increase, you know? So I think starting slow and kind of keeping that threat bucket low, um, lower anyways, is, is also paramount. Oh, that's great advice. And keep going, never give up, (laughs) never give up. And no matter who sets the bar low for you, understand that, it doesn't have to be set low yep. and that regardless of, you know, managing a chronic issue, you still can get better. You can get stronger. You can improve your balance. You can improve all areas of your fitness. It doesn't have to be this, this thing where you always feel like it's just going to be a degenerative process because yep. I can attest for um, Alyssa in knowing her over the years and having these different interactions with her, I've literally witnessed her get healthier and healthier and healthier over the years. And I mean, from a yep. movement standpoint, but I can also even tell in your personality, Alyssa, like hmm. it's very, it's very global, Every, all the improvements that you've made over the years. And I remember back when we first did our first one-on-one together and we were doing assess, reassess and testing your pain and seeing what your body's response was to different drills. Your responses are what I would have considered slightly chaotic back then in terms (laughs) of, in terms of, okay, that helped her pain. Okay. This next thing made it worse. Let's try a breathing (laughs) exercise. Everybody does good with breathing. Oh, that wasn't any good. And and when when you're experiencing that, and this is not just something that happens to a person that is managing MS, this happens to Mm. any individual who has a full threat bucket. Yeah. Right. And so those threats can be coming from so many different avenues in our life, so many different forms of stress. Mm -hmm. But you can overcome that, you can reduce threat. And then eventually you get to a point where your brain and your nervous system, your body is happier about, yep. about everything. And it gives mm-hmm. you an entry point into the next thing that you wanna do, the next exactly. change that you wanna make. And then you, you get on this journey to what is really the bigger picture, which yep. is lifestyle changes yep. to help you because health is truly holistic. So. Yep. A testament, you know, this is a testament to you and where, you know, what I've seen you accomplish over the years. And just so our listeners know, uh, this lady's ripping deadlifts, she's squatting, (laughs) she's doing explosive things in the workout, you know, she's training like an athlete. Mm. And as you guys heard, um, at the same time, she's able to make these smarter decisions about her health and her body based on how she feels in the moment. And I think that that is just a really great skill to develop. 
So thank you, Alyssa, for being here. Yeah, thank I you for having me. Really appreciate your insight on this and your education about MS. And we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah. And I, I look forward to, uh, to chatting with you and seeing you inside the dojo. If you'd like to connect with Alyssa, I'll leave her contact information in the show notes. Thank you all for listening. If you want to learn more, please follow the podcast, check out the website and the dojo, and come along for the ride. I promise you'll learn valuable lessons and build a tool set that will help you keep training pain-free for years to come.